0: Hi, welcome back to Pitcher TV Show. I'm Steve Bliers. In this season, professional clutter coach Claire wants to make a show about hoarding. It's called A Hoarder's Journey. If you've missed her pitch, head back to the previous episode. It's
1: about following a hoarder on their journey from cluttered to clutter-free without the need for people to come to their home to help them do it for them or have a blitz.
0: This time... Does her idea have what it takes to make a hit?
2: We want to know who this person is at the beginning of the journey before they meet Claire. What does Claire do with them?
0: I'll be rummaging through the idea with series and edit producer Joe Wolfe.
2: What changes happen? What do they find out about themselves? And what is the expected end?
0: Going straight in the bin, the title.
2: A hoarder's journey makes it sound to me like... um...
0: Dickensian.
2: Yes, it does. It definitely sounds Dickensian.
0: This idea, Joe, has come in from Claire Baker, the clutter coach. I've seen a lot of declutter, cleaning, hoarder shows on TV. Is there room for another one, do you think?
2: There are certain topics that people are constantly fascinated by and hoarding probably is one of those topics. So there potentially is room for more. Uh, but I think there does have to be a new twist on it so that it's not um, the same as before. So I think especially that sort of what, what, what used to be considered eight o'clock primetime viewing, that sort of feature slot, which um, has topics like diet, lifestyle, um, parenting, it sort of crosses over between sort of psychology and kind of interior design, isn't it? It's a sort of crossover topic where you could kind of emphasise one or the other of those elements and I think that is a topic that people are interested in who like those sort of programs lifestyley type programs so there is room but it has to be different.
0: Now her idea of difference for this was she's come up with this seven-step journey and the idea is that she will empower clutterholics I suppose we could call them to kind of declutter themselves is that is that enough? it to be different?
2: So she explained that there were four different perspectives but what I didn't get were what the seven stages were and I think that that we need more information on that I'd say if I was the commission I need more.
0: Okay let's hit pause on Joe for a moment for an answer to that question about the seven steps and to add a little TV style jeopardy let's put 60 seconds on the clock for Claire. Go.
1: The first step is we actually need to understand what's going on in our home. I made the analogy before of our home being like a conveyor belt. So we need to understand what's going on. We do some exercises, then we move on and we actually start dealing with some physical clutter. So we start dealing with our digital clutter and we start dealing with our paperwork clutter. Third step, uh, we start to learn how to make decisions. There's psychological principles that we need to understand uh, and we need to reflect back on our lives and decisions we've made in the past to help help us uh, make decisions in the present. Then we get stuck in on what I call Mount Everest step four, which is the big and bulky backlog clutter. We carry on doing that for the rest of our journey. Um, and then step, uh, step five is dealing with sentimental clutter, which is, again, we've seen in programs, a lot of people struggle with the emotions tied up in their clutter. Uh, step six is about how to organize our home. Again, we are empowering people to decide how they want their homes to be organized. And step seven is just making sure that, that those new habits are embedded so that we don't don't grow the clutter back again.
0: Now, that's a lot of steps that make perfect sense as part of a course to help hoarders. But in the TV world, that timeline may need condensing or have steps that happen off camera. Joe, you're back in the room.
2: I like the fact that Claire Baker herself is a recovered clutterholic, and that is a good twist. So whether um, somebody who's recovered can teach with a different perspective is quite interesting to see but as you know Steve TV is such a visual medium and what um, we always need to think about when we're making a TV show is how is this visual it can't just be lots of different conversations between different people so can't be four different perspectives on a conversation so what visually are we going to see that makes it different is what I think claire baker needs to think more about
0: just on that point uh one of the things that slightly alarmed me was that she said this is not a fly on the wall show and with a show like this that is the kind of money shot isn't it a house full of magazines that you've got to climb over to kind of get into uh, as sort of odd as that is as as a viewer that's what you're kind of dying to see were you worried that it might just be well, let's have, you know, 15 minutes of therapy, and then you go off on your own and clean your house.
2: Yes, it it is a tricky one. It's a bit, it's very similar difficulty that you get with the diet shows where the interesting bit is, oh my gosh, they're so, you know, they look this way now. And then, um, The after is really fascinating and comparing the before and after of a person's body is really fascinating. But the middle bit isn't necessarily of seeing the dieting and the fitness isn't necessarily that visual or interesting. And you've got the same here where it's fascinating to see the state that a person has allowed their home to get into. And then you want to see the miraculous transformation, definitely, because that's a big visual bit. But the bulk of the program is presumably the middle journey, and how do you make that middle journey visual and engaging and different?
0: you do want to see stuff going in the in the skip um, One of the things that struck me about Claire when she sent the pitch in was. She's very kind of up. she's got a lot of energy. I can imagine some her as somebody who would make you know a great contributor because she seems to have a lot to say. Uh, kind of loads of energy, loads of kind of you know enthusiasm for a subject. That's got to be a a plus point, I suppose, for her.
2: Yes, I thought Claire was excellent. I think Claire is a big selling point of the proposal. And Claire, the recovered clutterholic and all her bubbliness and personality and all her knowledge and experience and empathy is, is a great selling point. So she's great. In fact, I didn't know why you needed a therapist as well, because... I wasn't sure what Claire's role was if she wasn't the therapist and she wasn't the person helping pick out objects to say no. This must be got rid of.
0: Claire's idea does appear to have a big cast. You mentioned the hoarder, the therapist, the clutter coach—that's you—and sort of family members. Joe queried your posi- where you would be in this show. Who is the therapist? Who is that per? Who is that person?
1: So, um. The therapist is the person who, if the hoarder starts to display signs of um, resistance, uh, anger, underlying issues that dealing with uh, the clutter and following the seven steps starts to raise, that therapist can actually dig deeper and spend more time um, delving into those issues. Because it's very common for hoarders. You see it on a lot of the programs uh, where you can see that the hoarder is starting to put their defenses up and resist and they start to feel under under pressure. And although um, I work with with cutaholics and hoarders in a way so that we do it gently so that they can uh, you know cope with 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 the changes that are very gentle, uh, we do still see that resistance. So, for example, um, I've had clients who have. Um, uh, Struggled with problems of self-sabotage, um, that where they realise something from their past uh, and, again, the, the barriers go up and they, they kind of stop working with the programme. And that's a point at which I would refer them uh, to
0: a therapist. She thinks this show should be called A Hoarder's Journey. What do you feel about that idea?
2: A Hoarder's Journey? Um, I think... It does what it says on the tin, which is a good start, right? Because you kind of get it. It makes it, a hoarder's journey makes it sound to me like... um,
0: Dickensian.
2: Yes, it does. (laughs) It definitely sounds Dickensian. But it also has a bit of that kind of, as if they're recording a sort of video diary kind of thing. As if it's very much them recording a, a, a podcast or vlog themselves, and it's sort of there, they're, they're annotating all of these steps along the way. Um, it's probably not uh, grabby enough for kind of, you know, attention grabbing. Um, channels. So
0: she, I mean, she calls herself the Clutter Coach. I mean, I mean, that's probably better than a than a hoarder's journey, isn't it? I, you know, if she,
2: yeah, I think a hoarder's journey sounds a bit serious and a bit sort of. Um, Ernest,
0: Joe didn't like the title. I'm not keen on it either. Are you wedded to a hoarder's journey, or have you got some other ideas for it?
1: I mean, addicted to clutter, breaking the cl- clutter cycle, my cluttered life, uh, clutter to clutter free, the struggle to let go, uh, the fear to clear, facing the fear to clear the clutter, learning to let go. There, there are any combination. Um, the my m- my idea. Um, was actually um, there's a program in in the US called uh, My Six Hundred Pound Life, where um, there is a doctor who guides people on their weight loss journey, and they discover that you know resistance and challenges and enables and all those kinds of things as they're trying to lose their weight, and um, and essentially. My concept is is mirrored on that. Only, obviously, we're looking at the issue of of, of clutter as opposed to weight.
0: Let's have a quick listen to my six hundred pound life. This clip is courtesy of TLC. You're killing yourself with this. And I'm not sticking around for it. Come on, eat them, eat death, Lindsay. It's a pretty full on show. Claire?
1: I'm not providing a magic wand. They are going to have to do the doing. I will give them the map. I will give them the direction. I will guide them. I'll be by their side for every step that they take. But ultimately, much like on the, uh, my 600 pound life program, they have to do the doing, they have to follow the eating plan. It's exactly the same with my clients. I'm not going to go in their home and tell them what they should and shouldn't keep because uh, nobody has the right to make judgments on other people's belongings. Um, So I will enable them to 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 do it but they have to do it and so it can be uh traumatic
0: would you be prepared to show failure
1: absolutely i i i don't think it's fair to give the impression in these programs that you know everyone's a winner that magically if if you do this uh then that will that will be the magic one that that solves the problem
0: finally joe what should Claire do if she wants to take this further? Now, um, she kind of write it up into a short pitch, send it to a production company. I guess that's how you kind of go about it. Um, what else should she do?
2: She could potentially identify some case studies and write up a bit more, not name them by their genuine names but she could write up some case studies of previous like cases that she's dealt with which is an example of somebody that we we might follow on this program and she could say so meet so and so so and so lives in you know everything would be made up so that the person couldn't be identified but we want to know who this person is at the beginning of the journey before they meet claire what does claire do with them um, over x number of weeks what changes happen what do they find out about themselves and what is the expected end um, with that person and if she could write it out for maybe two case studies who are quite different from each other because you need variety of contributors for a program then it would make it much more clear for the reader what what the program would be what the finished programme would be like. And I think that would be helpful. So there's a bit of work that way to do. Um, Then I think it's approaching, potentially approaching a production company. To be honest, it's hard enough for a freelance producer to get a production company to listen to their ideas, let alone a member of public. But if you have a really great idea and you really believe in it, and um, you've got great contributors as well, and you manage to strike up a relationship with the producer, the producer is likely to have relationships with the company, then the company is likely to have relationships with a channel, and that's kind of how it gets done.
0: Thanks to Jo for her help in clearing some of the clutter in this idea.
2: There's no harm in trying. I really, I am not a commissioner, so I don't know what they're looking for right now, but I would say I think it's a good idea and go for it.
0: Her recommendation is to find a producer who knows a production company that might take this on. Well, I'm a producer, and I've got one in mind for this show. She's so passionate, she's authentic, and I love the fact she's got her own personal story as to why she wants to do it. And she's clearly a great storyteller, so already at the off before you even start looking at the idea you've you've, you've got someone who you think ah, i think there might be something behind this and i think we could could perhaps look at working with her that's next time on picture tv show podcast if you work in tv and want to step up to a producer role google joe wolf that's wolf with a double o as well as making hit tv she's also a coach and mentor the show is produced by bitfamous limited